اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم اسبر علی ما یقولون وذکر عبدنا داود ذلعید انہو اواب صدق اللہ العظیم اس طرح بھی ڈسکسٹ بٹ مو اباؤٹ دی ایسپیکٹ آف صبر ایز مینشن ڈلیئر دس واز ناٹ ایون انٹینڈڈ بٹ اللہ تعالیٰ ولز That's what happens. So the intention is to just now further discuss something about this one incident. These incidents of the pious, of the pious predecessors, the Ahlullah. These incidents have a very great effect on the heart, provided it is taken wholeheartedly. We listen to it for the sake of our benefit for Ibrad. and to practice upon the lesson that they leave for us. Hazrat Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullah is his statement that Al-Hikayat Jundum Min Junudillah that these Hikayat, these incidents of the pious this is among the armies from the armies of Allah Ta'ala it is one of the armies from the armies of Allah Ta'ala an army conquers these incidents have an effect of conquering hearts. So, this is something important to read about the lives of the pious, to listen about their incidents, because this has a very deep effect. This starts off right, obviously, from the seerat of Rasulullah and then the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, and then coming down, the lives of all the pious of all the eras. Alhamdulillah, there are many authentic biographies of the Akabir, right from the Sahaba Ikram coming down till our recent times. So we should make a habit of reading these biographies. There's a lot to learn from it. The application of the Sunnah we will learn from their lives. Many a times we think we understood something correctly, whereas our correct our understanding is deficient, is incorrect regarding some aspects. But when we see how they applied that particular thing that we thought we understood correctly, then we come to know that our understanding was not the right thing. This is how this is applied. This is how the particular aspect has to be implemented in one's life. So the discussion was about sabr. There's one incident of Abu Qilaba Jarmi Rahimahullah, the very great faqih, muhaddith, was a student of Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala. And he was earmarked to become the Qazi of Basra. But he, out of fear to become the Qazi, he fled from there. He didn't want to be appointed as the Qazi. And he went away to Sham, and then further on, he was also somebody who was tested very, very greatly. But this is the lesson in his life, that despite the major test that came upon him, what was his response? How did he react to it? And this is the lesson of sabr also, it's a lesson of shukr also. So this is something that's recorded by Ibn Hibban, Rahimahullah, in his book. And the narrator of this incident is a person by the name of Abdullah bin Zayd. So he says, I was once 
on posted in the army on the outskirts of on the borders of Egypt on the coastal end and he was perhaps as a sentry or as a guard or something so he was on a very remote point he said I was patrolling and I suddenly came in this one place in the desert that there is a tent here so he says I came close to this tent and from the distance I can see a person lying there this person has no hands he has no legs and his body is filled with some kind of disease and from the distance he is blind and he didn't even hear me coming so I understood that his hard of hearing also meaning he is difficult for him to hear he probably his, most of his hearing is lost but from the distance I could hear him reciting something as I came closer I can hear him reciting Allahumma awzi'ni He was reciting Allahumma awzi'ni an ahmadaka hamdan ukafi'u bihi shukra ni'matik an amta biha alayya وَفَضَّلْتَنِي عَلَىٰ كَثِيرٍ مِّمَّنْ خَلَقْتَ تَفْضِيلًا Bear in mind that it's a person who is lying there with no hands, no legs, blind, body is filled with some disease and hard of hearing. And what is he saying? That, oh Allah, grant me the tawfiq of praising you with such praises that fulfills the right of gratitude to you for the favors that you have bestowed upon me and for having made me far better off than many of your creation. He says, I'm standing there stunned, I'm listening to him, that this is what he is reciting, is this something inspired to him? Where did he learn these words? That in this condition, he is asking Allah Ta'ala, give me the tawfiq of praising you with such praises that fulfills the right of shukr. And that the right of shukr for those ni'mads that you have blessed me. And that you have made me far better off than many of your creation. So I finally came close to him. I made salam to him. So he replied to my salam. I asked him, what shukr, what shukr are you referring to? This is your condition as I am seeing you. And what, what shukr, what ni'mat are you referring to? And which creation of Allah Ta'ala are you better off than? So this person replied and he said that, What can you see about me? He says that if Allah Ta'ala sends down some fire from the heavens, from the skies, which burn me up, or if this mountain just moves and crushes me, or if the waves of the ocean come and drown me, rabbi illa shukra. says, this too will only increase the shukr for my Rabb. Whatever the condition comes in, this too will only increase my shukr for Allah Ta'ala. And then he says to him, can you, can you not see that my tongue is working fine and I'm able to praise my Allah with it? Is this not a favor above everything? 
that I am able to still praise Allah Ta'ala with my tongue. Can we imagine that this person, probably this is the only thing that he is able to use easily, and that too is something that he is so filled with shukr for, that what if I didn't have this tongue to praise Allah Ta'ala with? This is something which we should reflect upon, that how much we use this tongue wrongly, how many things we speak which are totally against the commands of Allah Taala, how many things that are completely obscene, vulgar, and no care is given that what is being spoken, what is this tongue being used for, whereas this is such a great na'mat of Allah Taala. this person without hands, without legs, without eyes, Nothing in his body is functioning well, but his tongue is working fine and he's filled with shukr for this. That what a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala I'm enjoying. In any case, he then says to him, this person lying there, he says to him that, Look, you have come now. I have a need. And would you do this favor for me? He says, What is your favor? What is the need? So he says, My son used to take care of me. The three things he mentions, the first thing, now in this condition he is, says the first thing, when it is time for salah, he used to help me make wudu. When I'm hungry, he used to feed me, thirsty, he would give me something to drink. This again, top of the list first, the priority was, when it's time for salah, he would be able to help me, or he would help me to perform my wudu, and make salah. This was the highest concern. In any case, he says that for the past three days, I have no idea what happened to him. He used to be with me, but for the past three days, I am just lying here. You can see my condition. I cannot move, and I have no idea what happened to him. Please, would you look for him? So this person, Abdullah bin Zaid, says that I replied and said that I do not think that there can be anybody who will be rewarded more for doing somebody a favor, then somebody who does a favor for somebody like you, person in this condition, and someone who doesn't, who does a favor for someone in this condition, who will be rewarded more than him? Indeed, I will do this favor for you. I will go and look for him. So he says, I left from there. I started walking out to search for this son of his. So I barely walked a little distance, and I came between two sand dunes. And from there I can see there's a body lying there. And as I came closer I realized it was this person's son. He had been attacked by some animal. And they had already, the animals had eaten off the flesh of his body. And says this now became a further shock for me. That how do I go and face him and break this news to him? He is in that condition. And this was his support. And now he's waiting for me to come back with some news about his son. How do I go and break this news to him that your son has also passed away? He says, but now what had to be done had to be done. So I started walking back. As I was walking back, Allah Ta'ala inspired the thought in my heart of Sayyidina Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam. So he said, I came back. I made salam to him. So he was blind. He said, are you the same person? who came to me earlier, who went to look for my son, I said, yes, I am the same person. He says, what have you brought back? What news have you come with? So I replied to him and asked him 
that are you more honorable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala or Sayyidina Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam? So the person replied, Sayyidina Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam, the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. Who can be more honorable than the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala? So then, the next question he asked him, that did Allah Ta'ala not test him in his body, in his wealth, in his children, because the various tests that came, all his children passed away, and his body became afflicted with leprosy, all his wealth was lost. So he said, yes, indeed, Allah Ta'ala tested him in all this. So how did Allah Ta'ala find him? Meaning, what was his response? When Allah Ta'ala tested him with all this, how did he react? So Allah Ta'ala found him hamidan, Allah Ta'ala found him sabiran, shakiran, hamidan. Allah Ta'ala found him meaning that his reaction was that he was patient, not just patient. One is patient, but that, well, like a burden, yes, there is grief and pain, but that patience in submission to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala found him sabiran, shakiran. And in that condition also, he was still full of shukr of Allah Ta'ala. And hamidan, and constantly praising Allah Ta'ala. Then he asked him, that it didn't stop at that, then Allah Ta'ala tested him in his family, his extended family and friends, that all suddenly became averse to him. All suddenly just deserted him. He says, yes, that happened as well. When everybody deserted him, what was the reaction? How did he respond? Allah Ta'ala found him again, sabiran, shakiran, hamidan. So he asked him two or three questions in this manner. And each time this person replied the same. And then he said, look, Aujiz, now, let's make it short now, get to the point. What is the issue? What you are trying to tell me? So I replied to him and said to him then, that look, Allah Ta'ala has taken your son. This is the condition I found him in. That some animal had attacked him and they had eaten up his body as well, most of it. So he says, and he consoled him, Allah Ta'ala increase your ajar and reward, bless you with patience. So, as soon as this news was broken to him, the first thing again he said was, the shukr that came on his tongue was, that all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala, that he didn't create anyone from my progeny who disobeyed him and became a mean and ended, would end up in the fire of Jahannam to be punished. Alhamdulillah, that Allah Ta'ala, لَمْ يَخْلُقْ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ أَحَدًا يَعْصِيهِ Allah Ta'ala didn't create anybody from my progeny who was disobedient to him. Now he's lost, he's in this condition. He's just been given the news that his son has died, he's passed away. But the first reaction is the reaction of the positive side of things. That Alhamdulillah, that he was not disobedient to Allah Ta'ala in his life. And he's left the world now, he's left the world but in the condition that he was still obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And he's left in this manner of shahadat. So... This was also a source of consolation for him. He focused on the positive side and he says, I then, he then suddenly let out a shriek and the next thing he passed away. He says, I am sitting there bewildered. What do I do? If I just leave this person and move on because it's in a desert, before long it will be barely a short while in fact that animals would come past and they would devour his body. 
And I'm on my own here, if I remain here, I can do nothing. Because what am I going to do on my own? I can't manage anything. Because I was sitting there bewildered now, and I started crying, sitting there and waiting for something to happen. And he said, I had my head covered sitting there crying. Suddenly, I have no idea from where four people came. They asked me, what is going on? Who are you? What's happened here? So I narrated the whole incident to them. So I had covered this body after the person passed away. So he had covered the body. So the people said that, but who is this person after all? Remove the covering of his face. Let us see who he is. When his face was uncovered, they were in shock. They jumped off their conveyance, came to kiss his forehead, and they said, indeed, you were the one who was most patient. I asked them, who is this person? He says, this is Abu Qilada. This is a student of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas, who was a person of very great caliber. But in order to save himself from becoming appointed as the Qazi, he had fled, then he got afflicted with these diseases, and he lost his hands, lost his legs. And he secluded himself with his son in this desert. But this is the person, they then took him from there and finally buried him. He says, after we buried him, that night I went to sleep. The narrator of this incident, Abdullah bin Zayd, he says, that night I went to sleep. When I finally fell asleep, I then see in a dream, I see him in a very, very handsome form. And he's in this beautiful garden and... He is in this wonderful condition, in excellent robes. So I asked him, what happened? How did you get this? So he recited the ayat of the Quran Sharif. That Allah Ta'ala said to me, Salamun alaykum bima sabartum. Salamun alaykum bima sabartum fa ni'ma uqbad dar. That those who are patient in dunya, Patient in all the aspects of dunya. Sabar ala ta'at. Sabar on the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. This is a very, very great sabar. It's the greatest sabar. And together with that, sabar anil ma'asi. Sabar in refraining from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. And sabar ala al-masayib. Sabar in any of the difficulties, the calamities that become overcome a person, Adopting patience and sabr in those situations, on the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala then will announce to such people, Salamun alaykum bima sabartum. Peace upon you, bima sabartum, in lieu of that sabr that you adopted. Now, fani'ma uqbaddar. For you is the wonderful end, end result, the abode of the end result, the end of Jannat is a, the abode for you. This is now what you can enjoy. So dunya is dunya, dunya is a very temporary place, we are all here for a few days, life will pass, yes, whatever a person can do within his means, in his capacity to remedy some situation, alleviate some difficulty, yes, he will do that, we will keep asking Allah Ta'ala for afiyat in everything, afiyat in our deen, which is most important, afiyat in our dunya as well. This is something which Nabi Sallallahu has taught us. To ask for afiyat and safety and to be saved from all kinds of difficulties, trials, tribulations, whether in one's deen, that is the most important thing as well, obviously, and even in one's dunya. So this is something that we will have to keep doing and we will always do. But whatever challenges come, 
then to still focus towards Allah Ta'ala in that. This becomes a test, a difficulty, some calamity, some hardship. That is a test also. And prosperity, ease, comfort, that is also a test. Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala he says, Ubtulina biddarra fasabarna. Ubtulina bissarra falam nasbir. Obviously he's talking on his level and his rank. What he is referring to is beyond our capacity to imagine. But in any case he is saying that we were tested with adversity, with difficulty. We bore it patiently. And then we were tested with ease. And we did not manage to make sabr. What he is talking about, we didn't manage to make sabr. For us that's a very big sabr. The Sahaba, a slight some little, something that decreased in, for example, some mustahab in their lives. They would think that this is something that a major disaster has happened. And we sometimes miss out some, let alone, sunnat muakkada or wajib, sometimes the first got missed out, and it doesn't really affect us. So in any case, he's, he's, this is the point he is making, that both are tests. And the more difficult test, the more difficult test is ease and prosperity. That's a test also. On the one side is a ni'mat, but that ni'mat is a test. And that's a more difficult test. Because it is very easy for a person to slip in that test. That ease and that prosperity and that comfort, if he passed that test, he made shukar upon it, shukar verbally, Shukr in his heart by acknowledging the na'mat of Allah Ta'ala and shukr in action and practically by still being obedient to Allah Ta'ala in the midst of all that prosperity and comfort and ease and using those bounties and na'mat of Allah Ta'ala in a manner that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with then that became a very big na'mat for him and that will take him closer to Allah Ta'ala with the means of the shukr and otherwise if he does not conduct himself correctly in that ease in that prosperity, he doesn't recognize that this is a test, then very easily pride can come in. Very easily it can make him arrogant. Very easily it can drive him to disobedience. And then he feels, well, life needs to be lived to the full. full. Why should one bother too much about everything? Fine, if I'm making few salah, I'm doing my duty, and then if I do what I want to do, I'll carry on. Then the person gets involved in all kinds of haram and sin and feels well, but everything is still pouring in. So why should I worry? In fact, these are, this is not just some hypothetical example. These are statements that people make. One person was in a very dire situation and he went to somebody for some kind of just to assist him to try and build up his business in some way, whatever the case is. That person was outwardly doing very well. So in any case, now he just asked for some kind of maybe to be given some goods on credit for a while. That person didn't accommodate him to start off with. Not that he was obliged to do so. If somebody doesn't do us a favor, we shouldn't regard it as his kind. That is his prerogative. If the person did the favor, that is, alhamdulillah, good for him. But if he didn't do the favor to us, 
then that is not something we should regard as a crime from him. And that I asked him just for one favor and he didn't do it. So now that becomes a problem and we hold that against him. On what basis do we hold something against somebody if he didn't do us a favor? He is not obliged to do us a favor. We should turn to Allah Ta'ala. And only that person will do us a favor who Allah Ta'ala opens his heart. So this is the also the aspect to always bear in mind. While it is permissible to ask somebody to help us out with something, some, there's no problem with that. But it should never be the first port of call. First and foremost should always be to ask Allah Ta'ala. After having asked Allah Ta'ala, then within the limits of asbab and means, we ask somebody, look, I need to borrow something, or I need some help to do something, so would you be able to assist me with this work? No problem, that's within the limits of permissibility, but not before having asked Allah Ta'ala. When Allah Ta'ala wills, then that person will help. And if we have made that the first part of call and our gaze is on that person, then we forgot Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, the point we were discussing was that these, in all these situations, sabr, the incident that we were discussing, this person, first he just rebuffed him, and then he said to him, that you see everything is going fine for me. I'm doing what I want, but everything is going fine for me. You want to go in the masjid and carry on, you carry on. Now the person, Allah forbid, is involved in all kinds of haram, and he is regarding that as his good fortune. That despite the haram I'm doing, that this is still all pouring down for me. Whereas in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala already spelled this out. فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ That when they forgot what Allah Ta'ala reminded them about, what was the reaction of that? Allah Ta'ala says, we opened the doors of everything to them. They thought it was great for them. فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا And when they became proud and arrogant, chasing the person who's got a difficulty, and going more deeper into every sin, أَخَذْنَاهُمْ بَغْتَةً فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْلِسُونَ We then suddenly took hold of them, and they were totally bewildered where this came from, and where this calamity befell us. But by that time it was too late to even repent, sometimes moth came away in that moment. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Allah Ta'ala give us the reality of sabr and shukr and enable us to become completely patient in all the circumstances and also completely grateful to, it, to Allah Ta'ala for every na'mad.